Good morning. It's good to read scripture to you this morning in person. I'm reading from the NRSV, and we're reading Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, and Genesis 5, 1 to 3. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Genesis 5, 1-3. This is the list of the descendants of Adam. When God created humankind, he made them in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them humankind when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son in his likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. If I were to ask you, what is one thing that you've inherited from uh, your mom or your dad, from your parents, what would it be? For me, one of the things I've inherited is something from my dad. And one of the earliest memories I have of my dad is him eating dinner with us around the dinner table. And one of, what he would have is he would have a towel around his neck. And the reason why he would have a towel around his neck is that whenever he ate food, and whether it was a little bit spicy or a little bit hot in temperature, he would start to sweat. And he would start to sweat so much that he would literally, like his sweat would drip into the food, right? And so he had to have a towel around his neck to wipe the sweat off of his brow. And, you know, thank God... I've also inherited that amazing gift <laughs> from my dad. So if anyone that knows me a little bit in terms of like when we play sports and stuff, I sweat like crazy. And like my shirts get drenched. And even when I eat, right, when I eat something spicy or something a little bit hot in temperature, I would sweat a lot. And I love this about myself. And I also really hate it because, and, and even just this morning, I had to sit in my office to cool down. And it takes me forever to cool down, right? And I just feel so like self-conscious about the fact that I'm sweating and, and all that. So yeah, so that is one characteristic that I've inherited from my dad. So what is that one characteristic or thing that you've inherited from your parents? And we know some of us inherited our looks or, or some kind of... Uh, sweating problem, or, <laughs> or other amazing uh, character traits. And, and so we say things like, that person is made in the spitting image of their parents. And I read an interesting article. So I'm like, is this spitting image or is it splitting image? Right? And, and so I Googled it just because I wanted to see what was right. And both terms are, you, they're kosher. You could use both of them interchangeably. So, for instance, spitting image, when we say when you're made in the spitting Im image of someone, is that 
you're, you look so much like your mom that she almost spat you out of her mouth. So that's kind of where it comes from, right? And in the same way, splitting image, you're made in, you're, you're so like your dad, it's almost as though your dad was split in half and you were created. So there you go. Now you could use either or, spitting or splitting, depending on what you feel like. And, and in our passage today, the writer of Genesis writes that human beings are made in the spitting image of God. In the creation story, God spends the first five days creating the universe. You know, God creates the vegetation and other living things. He creates each thing with the phrase, according to their own kind. On the sixth day, when God creates human beings, he changes what human beings are made in the image of. All other plants and animals are created according to their kind, but here, human beings are made according to God's likeness. Verse 26, then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. Not only are human, cre- uh, human beings created in a different image than the rest of creation, they are made in the image of God. As one commentator put it, they are not simply to image themselves but derive their likeness from their creator. Adam and Eve are the spitting image of God. This means that humanity does not find their identity in who they are, but rather in who God is. It is in our relationship to God that we become our authentic selves. This authentic self is not in our personal pronouns, our ethnicities, or anything else that the world says we find our identity in. Although these things are important to us and they do speak into who we are, but the core identity of who we are is in our relationship to God in whose image we are made in. One important thing to know, we are made in God's image. God is not made in our image. So what is this image of God? We learned last week that God is unity in diversity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, where each person are in this dynamic, reciprocal relationship of love and unity. It's the mystery of God where three are one and one are three. This understanding of multiple persons being in one essence is seen in the way Genesis talks about human beings. Verse 27, so God created human being or humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God created humankind in his image, and that image is reflected in the male and female of humankind. It's not just in Adam, nor is it just in Eve, but rather in both the male and female that we reflect the image of God. Here, two become one, similar to how the threeness of God is one. This doesn't mean that God is male nor female, because when we are made in the image of someone, we're not actually that person. Just like when I mirror my dad, I'm not my, my dad. I look like my dad. And in the same way, when we say we are made in the image of God, it goes beyond the maleness and femaleness of God. God is beyond that understanding. 
And I think the more important part of this, uh, this passage and, and what we're trying to understand here is, is that just as God is unity and diversity, we are called to be people of unity and diversity. We are to mirror God in that just as God is in a reciprocal relationship of love and unity, we as human beings are to live in harmony with one another in love. Verse 6, 26 continues, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Just as God has dominion over all of creation, we are those who are made in God's image to have dominion over the created world. This kind of rule isn't what we've normally understood dominion to be. We've taken dominion to mean that we subjugate and rule and do whatever we want with this creation. But rather, we are to reflect God who rules with love, with humility, with service. This is why God also blesses Adam and Eve to say, and says, be fruitful and multiply just as I brought fruitfulness and creation into being. We are to reflect the God of creation by being co-creators and producers of life. And it is because of this passage, Christians have argued that every human being, regardless of their gender, ethnicity, religion, or class, have innate value because they are made in the image of God. Whether or not the, the person is productive, is a good citizen, or part of your tribe, they are all made in the image of God and therefore matter and valuable and are dignified in the very fact that they are human. On September 28th, 2020, just a little over a year ago, a woman in a town just outside of Montreal went to the hospital with some stomach pains. She had an idea of what was wrong with her because she's had this pain before and it was related to her heart. But instead of listening to her and, and seeing what her problem was, the, the nursing staff made assumptions and ignored her pleas for help. She live-streamed what was happening on Facebook where you can overhear what the nurses were saying to her. And some of this might be hard for you to hear, but I think it's important. So in the footage, the woman named Joyce is seen grimacing as nurses call her stupid as hell. Are you done acting stupid? Are you done? Asked one nurse in French as she moaned in pain. Another nurse said, you just made some bad choices, dear. What are your children going to think seeing you like this, thinking that she was a drug addict? Another nurse said, she's good at having sex more than anything else. And not too long after this live stream, the mother of seven, Joyce Eshaquan, died. And just a few days ago, over a year after her death, the coroner investigating Joyce's death explained that racism played a role in Eshaquan's death. And that her death was not from natural causes, but accidental, accidental, because she did not receive the care she was entitled to. 
the coroner concluded that Joyce's death was due to systemic racism. And one of the reporters asked her that if Joyce was white, would she have lived? And the coroner responded, I think so. Joyce Eshaquan died an unnecessary death because she was an indigenous woman. So God created humankind in his image, and in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. God saw, in verse 31, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Did you hear that? God made us good. Not just good, but very good. And one of the reasons why I think we as human beings have treated each other so badly is because we have forgotten the God-given goodness and value in each and every one of us. This goodness and innate value isn't just for people who we think are like us, but for every person, white, black, indigenous, male, female, rich or poor, those we would consider our friends and neighbors, and even those we consider our enemies. We as Christians have done a terrible job of remembering and living this truth out and, and have almost restricted this image of God just to Christians. And by forgetting that all are made in the image of God, our history is filled with unmarked graves and other dehumanizing atrocities that we would rather keep buried. But you might be thinking, like a good reformer, but what about sin? Didn't sin enter into the world, and because of sin, we need Jesus, and these people need Jesus too? Yes, the image of God is, mar uh, God is marred and have tainted the goodness of God's creation, but it doesn't mean that the image of God has been lost in people or in creation. In the story of Noah, as God is blessing Noah and is commanding him to be, again, fruitful and multiply, God puts a restriction on Noah against murder. Look with me at the reason that God gives Noah as to why we should not kill other human beings. Genesis 9, 6. Whoever sheds the human of a blood, oh, human of a blood, the blood of a human, by a human shall that person's blood be shed. For in his own image, God made humankind. The reason that God gives Noah to why we should not shed the blood of another human being is because God made human beings in his own image. This scene with Noah is, is, is after the fall. It's after Adam and Eve has sinned. But God still says the very reason we should not be shedding any blood, any other human blood, it's because they are made in God's image. And I think we've given sin way too much power than it deserves. Yes, sin is bad, and we've seen the effects of sin in our world. But I would say that sin is only so bad because creation, including human beings, are so good. Because we're so good that when it gets tainted, it feels so very bad. And for a very long time in my own faith, I've grown up hearing how much of a sinner I was, that I was born with sin and that God can't stand the sight of sin and so can't stand the sight of me. 
What I come to realize, and I think this took years to undo, and it's something I had to keep reminding myself, is that I'm not a sinner. What do you think would happen if you kept going around with this inner dialogue or inner voice that I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner? I'm going to sin. And I'm going to start seeing other people with that same lens. But that is not my identity. That is not your identity. We are made in the image of God. And for that, we are very good. And we are, we are the beloved children of God. The book of Genesis is only the beginning of the story. We see how God creates humankind, the universe, and calls it good. And we see the effects of sin and how it, the fall of Adam and Eve. And because this creation of God is so good and is still of worth, that God himself comes in Jesus to renew and restore that image of God. Yet even in the book of Genesis alone, we can see that even after the fall, God hasn't abandoned us. He, that he is still calling out to us as he calls out to Adam and Eve. In Genesis 5, 1 to 3, after Adam and Eve are out of the garden, they've already fallen and have sinned and are sinners. Listen to what it says. Verse 5, this is the list of the descendants of Adam. When God created humankind, he made them in the likeness of God. We've heard that before. Male and female, he created them and he blessed them and named them humankind when they were created. And then when Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son in his likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. We see in verse 5 that it starts with this list of the descendants of Adam. But then the sentence right after, we see a similar phrase as to the passage in Genesis 1, where God created humankind in the likeness of God. And then the verse Verse after, verse 3, when Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son. And look at what it says. This son is made in the likeness and according to the image of Adam. Just as God made humankind according to his likeness, here Adam makes Seth according to his likeness and image. Uh, obviously, it wasn't just Adam, right? Adam and Eve. Yeah. Uh, one just side sidebar, the word Adam, Adam, it means from the earth. And when even in our passage that Karen read for us in the NRSV, it says God created Adam. And, and a lot of the times, and there are cer certain translations that would change that to Adam, as in Adam and Eve Adam, but it really means both, both male and female. Okay. So a, a few commentators agree, and I think I agree with them, that the this genealogy of Adam isn't actually a genealogy of Adam as much as the geneal genealogy of God. Because as Seth is made in the image and likeness of Adam, so are human beings made in the image and likeness of God. So by the writer of Genesis throwing that in there right in between, this is the descendants of Adam, and when God created humankind, they're made in the image of God, and then again, Seth is made in the image of Adam, the same wordplay there, is to say that Adam and Eve are not the parents of Seth or humankind. 
It is God who is the parent of all human beings. And this understanding of human beings being part of God's family is seen throughout Scripture in the Old Testament. Even in the nation of Israel, they're considered the children of God or, or the sons of God. And it is more fully realized in the New Testament in Jesus. This is why in Romans 8, 15 to 17, Paul writes this, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. In Christ, we are the children of God, and as the children of God, we are joint heirs. And as God's children, we inherit and can mirror the characteristics of God in us. We can love others who are different than we are because they are also made in the image of God who is unity in diversity. This is who we are. This is our identity. And this identity as God's image bearers is a gift. The early church have believed for a very long time that identity isn't something that we develop or we choose. But rather, it is a gift. It's the gift of God that can be celebrated or denied. It's the gift of God that we can accept and live into, or, can, or we can be like Adam and Eve who denied who they were and wanted to be God themselves. We are his splitting image. For the past few weeks, we've been in this new series called Kaleidoscope Community. And one of the inspirations, and, and thank you to the uh, cre uh, creative team who've made this background and backdrop again. And one of the inspirations for this idea was based on what was written about the idea of kaleidoscope by Peter Schuck. He talks about how each parts relate to each other in this constantly changing ways, producing fresh shapes and new patterns. It's not static, but dynamic. And that really, we, that resonated with us. We are made in this image of God. This image of God is multicolored, diverse, distinct, beautiful, and very good. Regardless of race, gender, age, ability, wealth, vaccination status, or religion, because every person is made in the image of God, within, there within lies in each individual God, a God-given image that is worth celebrating and claiming. If we keep seeing ourselves as unworthy, not good enough, born sinner, we cannot help but see others in the same light. Unless we can believe that we are worthy to be loved and loved by God, we can't love others. But do you believe that? Do you really believe that about yourself, that God has made you good? And not just good, very good. God isn't saving you just because he has to. Right? God hasn't come in Jesus to die for you, 
just because he's, I have to do this, I'm God, this is what I have to do, but because you're worth it, because you have value, because he calls you very good. And if you haven't embraced the love of God that calls you very good, just receive it as a gift. You are valuable and loved by the creator of the universe. And once we can embrace that and live that out ourselves, then we can start to see that in others, in our neighbors, in our own community, and about our indigenous brothers and sisters. One year after Joyce Eshaquan's death, there was a vigil held to remember her death and to make sure that a death like hers would not happen again in our country. And during the vigil, her husband spoke these words with which I want to end our time. The creator, who is often called by many names, has given each of us gifts. Let's have the courage to use these gifts for a better society, a fair, an equal, and a peaceful one. So be it in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.